Lafondra looking to get side of Vaughn. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 Reading. Three points Reading. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it is a slightly downbeat mood today in EPR Studios. Well, I've I've massively glammed it up there. It's actually my living room. After a 2-0 defeat to Watford at Vicarage Road, it's probably called something else with a sponsor as well, but I'm going to stick to that one. Your game of frustration. Two minutes caused us massive issues with two goals with Sal very early on, but we had opportunities to get back into the game. To help me talk through it, I've been joined by Alex Everson. Hi, Alex. Hello, Paul. Good as ever to be here. Yeah, yeah, it's a mixed bag, isn't it, really? I've also been joined by Matt Lansley. Evening, Paul. Living it up in the EPR studios as ever. Oh, God, you would not believe it. Who needs Hollywood when you've got here? That's what I can say. So we now are sitting six in the playoff position still, obviously, but we are vulnerable. We are one point ahead of Bournemouth, and they have got two games in hand. Um that's precarious, isn't it, Matt? But looking at the position of the game, how would you kind of sum up tonight's performance quickly before we go into more detail? Uh, bittersweet, really. I, I, I think it was... Well, I say it was a good performance. The second half, it was very... It went very bland, really. It went very flat, didn't it? You know, uh, the, the first half was where pretty much uh, we, we had the chances and we should have been back in the game if... if We'll get onto it in more depth, but you know, if we take one of the chances, get back into the game before half time, we've got a game on, but we don't. We go and two 0 down, and it's an uphill battle from there. If, if it's two one, it's a different story. Two two, full steam ahead, but we didn't. Individual errors again in defence, in attack. It's yeah, we'll pick it apart in a minute, but yeah, yeah, it's a pretty fair summary there, isn't it, Alex? From Matt there. Yeah, and it's kind of the story of the last, what, six weeks, two months, individual errors costing us up front and at the back. And, uh, you know, although tonight probably won't define the season, it's just another one you kind of chalk down to (laughs) mistakes are going to cost us. Yeah, and we saw one change that we're going to talk about in a moment, (laughs) how important the first 15 were from this player. Lewis Gibson comes in. For Omar Richards, did not cover himself in glory there in the first 15 at all. Was it all his fault? I'm not so sure on both the goals, probably the second one. But the first one we saw that, look, that Saar scores. Lewis Gibson makes a mistake, but also we also need to, Josh Lauren, does he cover him enough there, Saar? I don't think he gets close enough and nor does Liam Moore. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, um, I think Gibson, he's moved out to try and intercept the ball um, when it's played through to Saar. And I think Gibson definitely needs to, you know, he's been pulled out of position by that by that move, certainly. And, and probably it's apportioned some of the blame for that goal. Um, Josh Lauren definitely hasn't covered Saar at all. And he's basically just let him, let him go and, and he's, he's run free. And as soon as Gibson has moved out of position, you need Lauren to... To shift back in and cover him uh and as soon as he doesn't cover him there we're in trouble because sar is you know he's quality um probably realistically he's probably one of the best wide men in the league um and should be playing in the premier league by you know by all standards the fact that 
we've given him the space there to to get a shot away. You know, Raphael can't do anything about it. It's a really, really good finish, top corner. And you look back at the goal on the replays and you just think it's, if if Gibson and if Gibson and Lauren both are a little bit tighter to the man um, and aren't quite just, I think they're both, I mean, Gibson almost gets caught out being a bit too eager to try and to chase the man. And then Lauren is a bit not too eager. Um, you kind of just want to split, split the, uh, split the difference there in the middle. But yeah, I think between them, they've both kind of got to take, hold their hands up and say, neither of them really cover themselves in glory for the goal. Yeah, as much as we can look at it from our side, which I think it was poor from a couple of players there, that's a little glimpse of why Watford are going to get automatic promotion with that finish, though, I think, from Saar. You kind of, you see later in the first half why we're not in that automatic position because we don't have that quality of finisher at the moment. We did for a short, maybe longer than short period of time in Lucas Jow, but I don't think he was really be able to maintain that consistency. It was ridiculous at one point. But the second goal, Lewis Gibson. Now, what is he doing there, Matt? He loses possession, and then he—I think he tries to go down in the old school Chris Gunter fullback position, try to win a free kick in the middle of the pitch, and it really doesn't work out for him. And that was the killer goal for us, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it was—it was a typical. Um damn, I know I've lost the ball. Let's try and win a free kick. You know, I mean, it was never going to be a free kick. Uh, it's just it's just so sloppy. It was a poor touch from him in the first place. I mean, it's a poor place to lose the ball. And uh, yeah, I mean, lo- like you might not be able to credit a lot of the first goal to, to Gibson. It's a culmination of players. Uh, a lot of you looking at Gibson quite a bit for that, for that second goal, um, I think. So um, I'm sure there'll be people who look to scapegoat him and, and etc but i mean it's you've got to look at more i think later on because he doesn't get close enough on the first on the first goal he should know from what he did in the first goal he needs to now get tight on the second time it's the same player it's oh, it's not the same area but it's the same side of the pitch he's got to like moore's got to do better there as well i think he's he's almost caught wanting to be too diligent with his positioning he doesn't want to pull himself out but he needs he needs to go out there because it's not the danger behind him because there's no cross um open to Saar you know all, all he's doing is just sitting two three yards off Saar letting him have a shot which you know you can you can look at Gibson for giving away the ball but you've got to look at more in that position to to get closer because he didn't get close enough for the first one yes Laurent didn't also but he can't be letting that happen again you know even if it wasn't him not getting close being the captain He's got to see that. He's got to see that. And he's got to make the amendment. He's got to get close then for the second time. And he doesn't. And really get punished because it's a fantastic chance from Saar. One thing I will say about the second goal is if Gibson is going to go down there claiming a free kick, just grab the football. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. something that you see players do every single week, grabbing the ball when they've been kind of not necessarily fouled. And most of the time, the referee will give a free kick because he's very rarely going to give a free kick against you for it. Yeah. Um, like it's, it might come across as shithousery or whatever you want to mm. call it, gamesmanship. But if you've gone down, you're well out of position in the centre of the field there, um, and you've lost. If you're going to lose the ball, go down and just give away a free kick forty yards from goal for handball. It's it's not the end of the world. 
Um, I think you've kind of, you've, you, it's, it's a little bit naive, I think, is the word I would use. Yeah, no, that, I think that's a good point there, Alex. I wish he had done that. One thing about Liam Moore tonight, if Morrison's playing, is he pushing out further because he's got more faith in Holmes? And now, Holmes had a really good game tonight, but he's a very young player coming into the team. I just wonder if he's overcompensating and trying to almost play one-and-a-half roles instead of just concentrating his own position. Because if you look at the second goal, he's looking behind him Whilst the ball's going to Saar. Uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I just got that. Just I, 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 I can definitely see what you mean, Paul. Um, but I don't think he actually... He doesn't ever actually look behind him during the second goal. He points. He points to the space, which is behind him. And he never actually turns to see what's there. And in reality, Holmes has covered the Watford player who's in the box. Yeah, he has. He's, in, he's, he's goal side of him. He's in exactly the right position where, where, he, where he should be there. Um, it, the Moore is the one who's been caught out. And maybe it's because he's, you know, he's subconsciously thinking about Holmes. Is Holmes in the right position? But first and foremost, every single player on the field has to do their own job before they're worrying about someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I would like to say, add that again, though, that Holmes, I thought, was really good tonight. I don't think he, in any way, he's one of the players that comes out with a lot of credit. And there was quite a lot. It wasn't a terrible performance at all. Um, we're up against a team that's the most informed in the championship in this since January the 1st. So that's a tough effort straight away. They're also the best team at home in the championship. What concerns me most out of tonight is, yeah, we've conceded those goals. That's going to happen against good teams. We keep on missing golden opportunities. Now, there was an absolutely fantastic one for George Puskas. Elise, who was really good again tonight, got gets the ball to Yaku Mate. Mate gets past the ball. Puskas makes a fantastic movement, Matt. But how does he not score here? I, I don't understand how he's done that. Yeah, I mean, and isn't isn't this the the story of George Puskas? Really, I think you know he does uh, he does pretty much everything right in. Mm. The movement, getting the chance, fashioning the chance, getting in front of the defender, you know, making the run to get in front of the defender. He's got the chance. <laughs> it's, yes, it's it takes a slight bubble off the player, but he's three yards out. You know, he's got to be he's got to be scoring. But uh, this is what we saw from Puskas last year, quite on quite a few occasions, isn't it? You know, um, what what more can you say? You probably would have put your house on him scoring it. You would have put your house on pretty much virtually every player scoring that you know in that position and I think you know we look at that chance that was missed the Zhao chance that was missed against Barnsley I think those two moments are probably the only two two times and the only two times those two players are going to miss those chances I think because if you give him another chance like that I'd put my house on him scoring again you know because it's it's three yards out you know it's it's crazy you know and like Alex said at the start it's been a story of the second half of the season, really, you know, missing these chances, be it key chances, chance at the end of the game to win points, to get wins, penalty misses. They're just stacking up and stacking up. And you get a goal there. We're back in the game. It's 2-1. Go into halftime at 2-1. It's a game on your hands. We don't. It's 2-0 at halftime. And it's a much, much tougher, tougher chance in the task in the second half. I mean, one thing about George Puskas is, as you say, Matt, this is the story of George Puskas. It's definitely not the first time he's missed a chance from three, four, five yards. Um, he does need multiple chances. 
yeah. to score. He's not a player who you, he's not a clinical player. He might be a good finisher, but he's not clinical. Um, uh, he needs more than one chance, I think. And it's, you know, yeah. however good the chance is, I just don't ever really have the confidence that George Puskas is going to score. And that's my major worry with Puskas playing up front because he can do everything right, as you say. But if he can't put the ball in the back of the net when he gets a golden opportunity, then frankly, it it's almost like, well, I just it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you've yeah. done 90% of it right if you can't put the ball in the net when you know you've got the biggest chance of the game. I think though we 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 pin it on George Puskas a lot, but I think it's been a story of this season as well, hasn't it? You know, it's almost like we're finding the easier chances harder to score this year. You know, we've seen it with Shao, we've seen it with Puskas. It's the weirdest thing, really. You know, isn't it? I mean. Uh, Puskas scored, you know, a, a pretty good reaction finish at the weekend that was harder yeah. than today. And he then just completely fluffs that chance today. It's uh, just weird. I will say one thing, because I don't want it to sound like I'm bashing Puskas hugely, because I do think that if Jao was on the field, Jao wouldn't have had that chance because he wouldn't have been in that position in the first place. Yeah. No, no, so you could be totally right there, yeah. It's kind of half of one and, you know, half of one and six the other. Um, I, I think it's... Both both strikers have got their pros and cons currently. Yeah, one positive I will say, just looking over a longer span of time, uh, against QPR, we created better quality chances. Against Barnsley, good quality chances. Against Derby and tonight. So if you look at the next five games, if we continue to create that level of quality of chances, you don't have to have... I'd much rather have two or three really brilliant chances than eight half chances. I mean, it sounds great, when you have eight really good chance, eight chances on goal. But if we keep on doing that, surely in some games we're going to start really taking them. I mean, only on Monday we got three goals. So it's not it's not been diabolical. I'm just trying to find the positive because I'm just about to start talking about Yaku Mate's miss as well. And I need that. I need that kind of level in my head. But the Yaku Mate one, a fantastic bit of skill. Now I wouldn't necessarily associate Yakumata with going past the man that easily. He, he looked like he wasn't there. He turned into Oviajari at the way we went past him, Alex. But when he's on that right foot, you, I don't have much confidence in him in front of goal. So there's, there's, I think there's two, there's two areas with Yakumata on his right foot. There's one where he's running through on goal and he's in the centre of the field. There, I would probably back him to score with his right foot. With his instep, I would back him to score. Because he does look like he can play to the football with his right foot when he's doing that. When he's shooting, like, through his, like, uh, if you've ever played football and you, you shoot through the boot, basically. When he does that, I don't, just don't see it. Because he doesn't have, uh, I don't know what it is, but he doesn't seem to have the decision-making ability, almost, to know where he should be putting it when he's doing that. He doesn't um, have to finesse as well, does he, Alex? No, like, and I think you know, he, he basically, yeah. he's still got the Yakumete mindset almost two or three years ago. When he, only in those situations, I will say, of he needs to put the power behind it because that's the only way it will go in. Um, he doesn't have that in lots of other situations now, which is why he does get a lot of goals for us. But in those situations, I think he's still, he almost relies on his shot power to put it past the keeper. Um, because if he puts that shot, instead of trying to put it in the near post, he puts that across the keeper. I think he scores. Yeah, 
No, I agree. And maybe that's what they say over the next 18 months because he has progressed as a player from a player in, what he's talking now, 2019, say. He definitely improved in multiple areas of his play. And I think technically he looks a lot better. His control is better now. So there's still room there. I'm not saying that, you know, Yaku Mate is a bad player because he clearly isn't. He's been a really, really good signing for us. What we didn't want to see was half-time because we had all the momentum going in there. And the first half was a sign of a team that just lacked quality. If we had that little bit more quality in the attacking third, I think the second half could have been really fascinating. It could have been very, very tight. But it just didn't happen the second half at all, did it, Matt? We just... Watford maybe shut it down with the substitution of Sanchez coming on for Shalaba, but... Never really had many opportunities, did we? Not in the second half. And that was the most disappointing thing, really, wasn't it? Because, you know, you finished you finish the, the first half so well. Um, and as much as you hate to say it, it's, it's again been... We've seen this so much from this team. And it's probably been the most frustrating thing at the moment, I think. Because you're, you're constantly looking at this team and we're seeing glimpses we're seeing 15 minutes we're seeing 10 minutes we're seeing 20 minutes of what this team can do we saw that at the end of the first half we didn't finish our chances admittedly but we saw what we could do we we saw what we could do to Watford but then we can never sustain it it's always glimpses it's never or I won't say never but it's rarely a, a complete performance at the I mean, moment that's, that, that's why we're sick for not well, exactly that. yeah Exactly. And that's exactly why we are where we are. And we're having this conversation tonight. You know, it's exactly why. Um, it, it does give me confidence for the future, you know, for the for the rest of the season, because at least we know we can do it. But there needs to be something that is either changed systematically or managerial, whatever it is, because we know it's there. We know it's there. We're seeing it. We, we, I wouldn't say we're seeing it week out week in week out in glimpses but we are seeing it on a fairly regular basis in periods what we can do we need to find a way somehow to really just keep this for for longer than 10-15 minutes for longer than spells admittedly at the start of the season we had the spells we scored the goals but it was unsustainable you know because like everyone said you know we laughed it off at the time but because you love the moment when you're in it. But I mean, it's it was unsustainable and we're seeing it now, really. It's it's a difficult one because, like I said, we know it's there. We need to find a way to keep it because it's just so frustrating. Yeah, maybe that's it, that undefinable thing called luck, Alex. You need at some point, you need a moment that goes for you. Yeah, I, I think so. If, if Pushkas's chance goes in tonight, as we said, you know, if he, if, even if the chance hits the inside of the post and rolls, rolls in, um, it's a different game, isn't it? And it's the same with the Barnsley game again with Luke Shaw. If he puts it to one side of the keeper rather than the other side of the keeper, we've scored. And it's, you know, we've won the game 2 1. The season's completely different. Um, I think there's, a, there's definitely a portion of, of the way that we're playing that we're not necessarily getting the rub of the green and yes people will look at it and say oh well it's individual errors but in reality if we were scoring these chances and we weren't you know if we were scoring these big chances in inverted commas and we didn't miss these penalties and things like that a lot of these moments in the season are not necessarily random a bit random is the wrong word for it but like penalty misses for example it, any player can miss a penalty at any point it's not something that a 
you know, a player is going to be able to necessarily control. And I don't know. I just think there's a there's a definitely a, a, maybe a conversation for people to just consider that Reading just needs like a little slice of luck as well. Going into these last few games of the season, it's it's not a you know it's not going to be a case of we can just outperform five five games in a row and, and win all five. We're going to need a slice of luck. Yeah, and I think like some some people might say that oh we got lucky at the start of the season. I don't think we did get lucky at the start of the season personally because I don't think there was many lucky goals in there. You know, and when you look at the second half of the season, you look at some of the, some of the games where like like you say we've not had the rub of the green, we've not had decisions. You know, we all remember that Sheffield Wednesday games, four penalties that we should have had that were just waved away. <laughs> Let's make it six. Why not? <laughs> six penalties we should have had that night. <laughs> it was it was ridiculous. And like you do look at you do look at points like that and you just think like we just need something to go for us. And you look at some of the misses that we've had, the chances we've missed. Like I say, you know, that we the only time we will probably ever miss them or a footballer will ever miss them was in that moment that we missed them. It's just so frustrating. It's happening in this crucial stretch of matches right now. And we just need something from somewhere to, to change and just go our way. I think. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's some people listening to this are saying you create your own luck. And I do agree with that an element, but Sometimes you need a moment. Any team that wins things needs a moment of luck than go for. And you think, how the hell did that happen? Where did that come from? We don't know. You need that momentum break. Yeah, I think the team almost needs something to cling on to. Mm. That's almost what it feels like. They need something which is going to run for them, which they might not necessarily have expected. You know, Puskas' shot bounces back off the post and into him and goes in. Um, Mate's shot is is saved by the keeper and rolls back out. To, they need something to cling on to almost. Um, and and at the minute, it's it's just not really rolling Reading's way. No, it is. And going back to why Omar just seems some quotes here from Panovic talking about uh, the starting lineup to say tonight, saying Omar didn't start because he was still sore. And also, we believe we had to start with without this kind of things. Okay, yeah, I'm just trying to wear this out, paraphrase it slightly. Lewis has been so re- resourceful, so we were comfortable with him starting. The two goals were everyone's fault. I include myself in that. I don't know, maybe some tactical thing going on there. I think he's trying to portion blame, but it probably isn't his fault. But it, it sounds like we didn't even have the option of starting with Omar Riches. But when he came on, he looked it's, fine to me. But I, yeah, I, don't, well, know. I don't know. I, I find those comments really confusing because it's all well and good saying that Richard isn't fit enough to start and he was still sore. But if he's still sore, what does it, we're 2 0 down with what, what did Richards come on with 20 minutes to go, 25 minutes to go? There wasn't, really any, there wasn't a huge benefit to bring Richards on. I don't think it was going to change the game at that point because the game wasn't being won and lost. Uh, on our, our left-hand side by that point because we weren't actually moving the ball forwards in, in any kind of reasonable manner in the second half because Watford had shut us down anyway. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I just don't necessarily think it's a particularly good, smart comment from, from Panovic. I understand it, but I just don't agree with it. Yeah, I think sometimes after the match, managers make comments which are slightly confusing. I think it's a trait that's across all managers. He's trying to cover the team there, isn't he? And Matt, with that kind of like, I also take some of the blame. Absolutely. You know, every manager's going to do it, aren't they? You know, they'll they'll whip out all the cliches they can push into something to defend their players. You know, they're they're not going to come out and lambast a player 
you know, because not not in your six in the league anyway. They might no, exactly, and (laughs) you know, like like, and I'm sure Panovic is probably feeling as as hurted as all those players anyway. So you know, he's probably feeling a bit guilty himself, think questioning himself, his selections, his chances. It's only natural, you know. So, but yeah, you know, like I, I I don't think it's. I, I can't see how he can put himself in kind of into into that bracket. Like Alex says, what was like if 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 if, if Richards is hurting? And to be fair, we thought that before the game. Why why wasn't he playing when well, he came off at the end of the game on Monday? You know, he's it not going to be left out of a game like this tonight purely just because of are we going to maybe give Gibson over him? What's the point? It's logical. You know, there was a reason there, and it was because of injury picked up on Monday so but, but yeah I like I, I agree with Alex I don't really see what he gained from bringing him on anyway so yeah no I'm talking about substitutes you saw Bulldog and Luka come on Luka had a half decent shot definitely Bulldog made a little bit of an impact I'm not pushing for either of them to start Let, let's not um <laughs> pretend that in any way but they come on they did something so that's good for them isn't it we've lost two now am I overriding emotion about that game tonight is it's a missed opportunity Alex I think I think we could have got something there um yeah I think I agree largely we we definitely had the chances to get into the game um and pick up a point tonight we don't we weren't hugely outplayed um yes Watford probably played the second half in in third gear but they're two and up and they don't really need to to go you know go for it particularly um so missed opportunity is probably the word i would use i, I don't think that it's going to define the season as i said earlier um you know whether reading make the playoffs or not tonight isn't going to be the game which is the deciding game yeah well we got a massive massive game coming up next week against cardiff matt what is your what were you going to say there alex i was just going to say um, we have to stop calling every game. I know every game is massive. Oh, no, I'm carrying on. Yes, it is. Let's be honest. <laughs> Anybody who hasn't realised by this point that every game of the season remaining is a big game. But some people have given up, Alex, on it. Some people have said the season. Yeah, I, I guess some people have given up on it, right? Like, we definitely saw the reaction on social media. It's uh, mixed, it's, it's, it's mixed, it's right? It's mixed. Yeah, yeah I'd agree yeah. on that. It's mixed. Yeah, so what are you going to predict for next week against Cardiff, Matt? When we will be doing a watch-along again, come and join us. It's good fun. Even though we lost tonight, there's a bit of fun in that. So, 6 o'clock kickoff on Sky, as we always are. Score We're prediction. Again next week as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, they love us. They absolutely love us. It is Sky Sports Reading FC. Score prediction, Matt. Uh, score prediction. I'm going to go with a win just because I like, I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still upbeat. Um, I never normally go for a loss anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go for a tuna win. Cardiff have been on a bit of, bit of wobbly form. Obviously we're not seeing them this week, but a bit of wobbly form for Cardiff. Um, you know, we need wins now, you know, there's no other option, but wins. Um, and I think the team's got it in them. You know, like I said, we've seen it in spells this year. We just need something to go for us. Um, so yeah, two 0 to us. We are creating chances. That is one thing. One huge positive I take out of the last three or four games. Alex, score prediction. Well, Matt stole my thunder because I was going to go two 0 So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go three uh, nil. Like I'm sure some people, some people listening are going to say like ridiculous assault. <laughs> uh, I'm listening and I'm going wow. <laughs> I just think the chances are there. We we are creating the chances. Cardiff are not 
I mean, Cardiff season is over. Let's be perfectly honest. Cardiff are on the beach at this point. Um, I think we can. I I just think we can. I think we can do it. I still think we'll we can get the playoff. I'm not saying we will, but I think we can. Um, Panovic can get the players up for a game against the team in mid table, Um, and I think we we can potentially put them to the sword. Yeah, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to Reading. Nervy as hell, but who cares as long as you win. So thanks a lot for listening, and especially to one person in particular, my dad, who is in hospital at the moment at the Roll Barks, and I want to send my love to him. He's having a really tough time right now, and uh, I hope you are listening. And we might have lost, but you are my favourite listener. So bye. (laughs)